tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. From the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Are you ready to get your mind blown? Revolution will be podcasted. Yeah. We're back with the quickness. Uh, thank you guys for uh, tuning in to another episode of Tinfoil Hat. You know who I am. You know what I'm here to do. Join me as always, XG in the place to be. Uh, I want to thank Blue Chew for supporting Tinfoil Hat. Visit BlueChew.com and get your free shipment uh, free when you use the promo code TINFOIL. Just pay $5 shipping. That's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code Tin foil. Okay. How are you, XG? I'm good, good. Do you have any shows coming up? I do, actually. What show? At the Irvine Improv, May 15th. May 15th? Yep, May 15th, Who yeah. are you with? Uh, George Perez, Sidek Eddie, and uh, Edwin San Juan. Oh, that's a good group. Yeah, it's a good little group. Yeah. I love Edwin San Juan. Yeah, he's funny. He's fun. He's a yeah. good dude. Yeah, that's I'm a excited. good crew. Yeah, I'm excited. How do, you do in those, uh, how do you do in those groups? Good. Mexicans. I do good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a bunch of Mexicans. They like me. Yeah, dude. This no kid's with the them. golden one, the golden child, the golden child. Uh, I have dates coming up. I just don't remember where they are. I got a bunch of things coming up. We got Dallas is happening. I think San Francisco is happening. Chicago is going to happen again. Uh, I fo- I found out some information last night about Huntsville. Alabama and why nobody showed up to our show. It is the center of the New World Order. So that's an interesting thing. So what do I got here? That's it. You ain't yeah, got shit. I ain't got shit. It's uh, Skank Fest. That's it. Yeah. That's not even up there. When is Skank Fest? That is uh, uh, June 21st to 23rd. Yeah. All right, man. We're there, dude. So we're going to be out there at Skank Fest. A lot of amazing things are going on. Uh, we want to say thank you to our good friends at Bet DSI, Bet DSI for all your bet needs. Go to Bet DSI. Use the promo code HAT one hundred. Okay, and if you use that, they will double your investment. That is the bonus. Now, if you do not want, if you want to place a bet and get your money right out, don't roll into the bonus. If you want to get the bonus, you have to go bet a little more. So that's the whole thing. But. We've been working with them for a while. Go bet the aside. All the NBA playoff games. All baseball's heating up. Uh, UFC's going great. Boxing is on fire. All that stuff. And we are still, I had a conversation with them, working on the conspiracy part of the website. You're going to be able to bet on conspiracies, which should be a good time. Have I forgot anything? No, we're good. Oh, shirts. Don't forget about oh, the yeah, shirts. Oh, yeah, man. That's it. Shirt, shirts everywhere, shirts. A lot of you guys, hi, where can I get that shirt? Where can I get that shirt? Go to tinfoilhattshirts.com and you can grab the shirts. Tinfoilhatpodcast.com is up and ready. Uh, the latest podcast, our tour dates, everything's there. But if you want to just go for the t-shirts, grab those. We're trying to put out one uh, a month, a new one for you. Look at that okay. stud. Look at that stud. Look at those gorilla arms. Jesus Christ. What am I, a monkey? You look like an ex-Raider fan right there. Yeah, I am. I'm not an ex-Raider <laughs> I'm fan. Kidding. I am a Raider <laughs> fan for life. Uh, joining us 
in studio, uh, a, a good friend of mine. He's helps with the show. He's a booker on the show, and he's a Bitcoin enthusiast, and he wants to talk about the cops today. Please welcome Corey Hughes, everybody. Thank you for having me, Sam. Corey, how are you, bud? I'm good, man. I'm what do you got? Turn your thing up. I'm not yelling. You're, you're right across, man. I'm not yelling yeah, loud I enough. I don't like hearing myself either. Corey, tell us about your Bitcoin website. I mean, your uh, Bitcoin <laughs> uh, podcast uh, network. All right. I run a Bitcoin podcast network called Private Key Publishing. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Bitcoin Podcasts. And I work with guys like Tone Vase, Jimmy Song, uh, Max Kaiser, some of the biggest names in the Bitcoin space. And uh, that's one of the many gigs that I got my hands in these days. You're a hustler, you're a provider, you're a good man, dude. I appreciate you came on tour with us. Uh, you got to be on the Tinfoil Hat tour through Arizona. Did you enjoy that? That was great. Um, and it was only a couple of days because I don't think I could have stayed on the week uh, for a week on the road with you guys. Why? <laughs> freaking crazy. Why? <laughs> well, I mean, besides XG not knowing how to use fucking <laughs> ways besides that. And go around in circles yeah, you on can't the highway. Be, oh, that, that, yeah, that was horrible, <laughs> the hotel situation. Hey, but you can't be mad about Eddie dropping knowledge the whole fucking way from... Well, you guys didn't agree on a lot of shit. Well, I'm... Uh, the earth's not flat. Like, I don't think I need to say anything else. I love Eddie to death, but the earth's not flat. I believe that I'm starting to think that maybe if let's say you believe in assimilation, right? What if this is just a holodeck? What if this or is those. just like like you know when on on Star Trek Enterprise, when they want a little break, they mm-hmm. go on the holodeck and they just walk what if they were just in a holodeck? That's not as far fetched as you might think. Um, I can envision a couple realities that uh, that would and work. everything can play into that. Anunnaki, everything makes sense. If let's say some AI from the future created us to see what happened, right? Right. Plus, we have the Higgs field, right, which gives particles mass. And I have a I have this theory that consciousness is a field, and we all interact with this field. And so that would just be another level of like the hologram, yeah, simulation. I'm starting to think about that, man. I mean, like, I think there's stuff that, like, in pop culture, they give us all this kind of like clues that maybe look into it. Is it possible we live in inside a hologram? I think so, dude. Look, that yeah. picture looks pretty dope. Yeah, dude, <laughs> that's a great computer. Wow, you're very impressed with computer graphics. Uh, so, uh, you were nice enough, Corey, to come in town to uh, do an episode, and you wanted to talk. About just basically the poli- the po- the problem with police and problem with the corruption and how it's systematic. Right. Now, full disclosure: my grandfather and my cousin are cops. I think cops have a purpose. I think they. I think there's a lot of really good cops. I think that just like everywhere, there's some bad apples. Uh, I think there's places where we don't have cops and their and their lawlessness, and then you could just leave it up to whoever has more more money and more arms that basically runs everything. So I think there's I don't know, man. I don't know what the answer is. I don't want to demonize a whole group of people, but I do agree with you that it is systematic. Um, I will demonize the whole group of people. The <laughs> the entire system is fundamentally broken and corrupt. And just to give you a little of my background, I was a cop for almost nine years. All my degrees are in law enforcement, criminal justice, public administration, crime scene technology. I was a crime scene guy. Um, the entire system is broken. Um, and I can go into a million different reasons why, and we'll cover, um, cover some of those today. But one of the first things you have to realize is that uh, 50 to 70 percent of all police activity 
revolves around the drug war. And the drug war is the biggest crock of shit that the planet's ever 100%. seen. One hundred percent. Um, even if you don't buy the fact that the United States government supplies the drugs, the CIA controls the, the global flow of narcotics. I, we agree on that. Um, even if you want to put that stuff aside, um, if someone has a drug problem, that's a mental health issue. It's not an issue that needs to be uh, criminalized. You know, people need help. They don't need right. to be sitting in a jail cell making money for a bunch of rich assholes. And that's pretty much all it does. So 50 to 70 percent of everything that police do, whether it's pulling you over trying to get into your car or dealing with robberies or violence or arresting people for the drugs themselves. That is a massive chunk of daily police activity. At least where I worked, I worked in Florida, um, <laughs> in Trailer Park City. It was, uh, it was pretty rough. It was the, I worked where um, it was the largest producer of prescriptions for prescription drugs in the country. Like all the pill mills were coming out of where I worked. And so I would have to say that probably one out of three calls I went to um, was, if not drugs, drugs or alcohol related, you know, um, vices, you're t- basically the demonization and it ma- it's very interesting how people think if something's legal, it's okay. And something's not legal. It's bad. Right. That's, that's a, you know, there's things that were legal that were bad, like, like separate entrances. Yeah. Slavery, you know, slavery. Legal. I mean, there's things that. Just because something's legal doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's right. Correct. And so when people want to go into law enforcement, they they have this um, idealistic kind of uh, notion of what law enforcement is, and they're just wrong. Um, once you actually get your foot in the door in law enforcement, like for me, I didn't have enough college credits, so I spent like three years going back to school. Before I even had enough college credits to apply, right? And then from the time I applied till the time I actually got hired was like another year or two. So really I spent like 10, 11 years in the mindset, in that culture, going through this uh, period of self-indoctrination, you know? Um, so basically it was, it was three years before I even got the job. And then once you get the job, you become so engaged with it um, that it really just consumes everything. Like um, that's one of the problems with law enforcement is that – it becomes so self-consuming that, like, your personal email will have, like, your badge number in it. You know what I mean? Every single thing you do will be law enforcement related. And your old life kind of falls away. You – there are certain friends who you just kind of drift away from, not because they're bad people, but because right. they're not cops. Right. And over a period of time, your entire life, your identity itself is completely dependent upon um, that profession, right? Um and so then if you, when you see people who get in trouble or have problems and they, they're thinking about leaving, sometimes it's easier for them to kill themselves than leave the culture. It's like being kicked out of the nest. You know what I mean? So 100%. I want to get into all that. Real quick, I want to give a shout out to our, our good friends at Blue Chew. That's right. If you like sex, you'll like BlueChew.com. Blue Chew offers a performance enhancing enhancement for the bedroom. When you like to last stronger and go extra rounds, BlueChew.com makes... The first chewables with the same ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Chewables can work up to twice as fast as pills. Blue Chew can be taken on a full or empty stomach. Blue Chew is cheaper than those two others like Viagra and Cialis. It only takes a few minutes for to fill out the, the form online. No doctor visits, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew ships directly to your door in discreet packaging. Blue Chew chewables are prescri- prescribed 
online by a doctor and made in the USA. Blue Chew gives you confidence in the bed, and your partner will love it, okay? Visit BlueChew.com. Get the first shipment free when you use the promo code TINFOIL. Just pay $5 shipping, okay? The BlueChew.com promo code TINFOIL. Chew it and love it. I love boner pills. And uh, I love it. I'm going to talk to them about working with Plan B so you can get boner pills and Plan B. I wanted to do a whole tour. A whole tour sponsored by Plan B, you know? That's how I want to rock. Why not make it one-stop shop? Get a boner and then don't have kids. You know you can't buy one, though, as a male? You can buy... Can I buy? No, you can't buy a Plan B. You cannot buy no, Plan B? you can low-key, like... Drop it in your girl's drink or something. And Isn't, get that yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? If you want to know who runs society, just know that men can't buy Plan B. Nope. There we go. That's her responsibility. That's crazy. So let's start from the beginning, dude. Let's start from the beginning here. Um, I'm at the. Oh, where does this all start, man? What's the history uh, of... It, it all starts right there. Go back to that. That right there is the law enforcement law enforcement code of ethics. Now, when I was in the police academy, I had to recite this every day from memory at the start of every day. So for six freaking months, I had to say this. Everyone, we all said it as a group out loud. And if you read it, it actually reads pretty good. If cops actually stuck to this and actually gave a shit about the oath they took, um, everything would probably be okay. They wouldn't go around murdering people. You know, They wouldn't be uh, victimizing black people or Hispanics or minorities because they can't afford a good lawyer, which is exactly where the police kind of racism comes from. If they actually stuck by this code of ethics, things might actually be okay in this country, but they don't. Um, uh, when you read through this, uh, it's almost like a big freaking joke because they don't stick to any of this. Um, when was the last time you talked to a cop and he spoke to you with respect like you were a human being? Probably didn't happen much because you're nothing but a number to him. You know, you're just the next guy he needs to give a ticket to so he can get a pat on the back from his boss so he can get the promotion. And that's all it really is, this kind of endless cycle of trying to climb a ladder that you have very little control over. And the very little control part, um, we'll get to that a little later on, but that the, the lack of control within one's own career has some major, major detrimental effects. So what is in this code of ethics? Oh, basically, the code of ethics... Um, I'll take a second. I'll read some highlights from it. Um, as a law enforcement officer, my fundamental duty is to serve mankind, to safeguard lives and property, to protect the innocent against deception, the weak against oppression or intimidation, and the peaceful against violence or disorder, and to respect the constitutional rights of all men to liberty, equality, and justice. Uh, it's hard to keep a straight face when I read this <laughs> because um, anytime a cop raises his voice to you, he just violated that. You know what I mean? Um, Right. So, so, then, we're, so I want to get into this. What's the history of, of uh, the police working? Like the, the police ba- – here's the thing. My, I say – and my mom would kill me if she heard this story and I've told it before about when my grandfather died. He was, uh, he was like pretty high up in the Niagara Falls Police Department. And my dad at his, his memorial pulled me aside and goes, I want you to look at this. He goes, this side of the, of the, you know, the memorial is all – the, New- the Niagara Falls Police Department. This side is all the F- Niagara Falls Mafia. My grandfather <laughs> was working with... I'm like, dude, you know what, man? I mean, like, I love my grandpa. He's He was just as shady as I am, mm-hmm. you know? I'm a shady fuck. I come from a tree of shady fucks. <laughs> my mom's married my dad. He's the shadiest of all the fucks, okay? So 
There's a history of corruption from the start. Oh, yeah. And, and not to mention that the modern format of policing kind of grew out of the slave patrols in the early 1900s, you know. Um, and then when you actually study the hierarchy of how this country works, um, you'll find that organized crime like the mafia, which people kind of laugh and joke about, like that was a real, real thing for a very long time from the late 1800s, really – uh, I think most of the drugs still get funneled through the mafia. I mean, the CIA needs somebody to sell their stuff for them. So, And that's a big part. We've talked about this on right. past podcasts. Right. The biggest problem with the drug war is that the people who have made the drugs illegal are the ones who are shipping them in. 100%. Absolutely. And so you have this hierarchy. If you have like the, the CIA would go to the mob, sell the drugs, and that would be plausible deniability, right? And then you had the uh, police who would cover for the mob. You know what I mean? So you had this system of drugs, or not even not just drugs. Also, you had um, uh, human trafficking. You had prostitution. You had uh, gun running. You had all that stuff that was all from the top down. And uh, historically, police have always covered for the mob, right? It's the next tier that they're covering for. Well, because and, there's a lot of money in that. And, like, if you're dealing with the drug, you're dealing with the CIA. The CIA cannot go on the corner and sell it, okay? Correct. So they have to work with organized crime. Right. And there's so much money in it that it's easy to bribe the police, too, because the cops are getting paid a government salary. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the last couple of months I've been spending so much time on this Kennedy assassination thing, working with Ryan Dawson. I'm trying to get his movie made. But I've learned so much um, about the, the, how deep the corruption actually went. You know, I mean, because you had cops in on it. You had the mafia in on it. You had the CIA in on it. You had all these intelligence agencies in on it. You had military intelligence. Like, these are the people who are supposed to be running our country and they murder our own president. Um, but not much has really changed. You know, look at... Um, it's gotten worse. Look at Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Her dad was Lou Wasserman, mob lawyer, MPA president for, for how many years? That guy was as corrupt as they come. And dude, look at the Hillary Clinton. Her father basically after Al Capone got taken out, ran the, the Chicago mob. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and look at what those women do. They whack people. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people has Clinton's whacked? How many people have talked about Debbie Wasserman show? She's whacking people left and right. Yep, she's straight up mob. I mean, like, she is obviously at some level protected by the mob because her dad was the mob lawyer. Like, if you were in the mob and you needed a lawyer, you went to Lou Wasserman. That's how it went. I did so, not know that. Mm -hmm. Holy um, shit. And then, oh, this is where it gets a little crazy. And this is going to go a little off, off subject. But he was... He took over the head of the MPAA, the Motion Picture Association, right? Um, and when he left, uh, he was also CIA because these guys can be mob, CIA, FBI. Like that's how corrupt this thing is. They're all overlapping. After he left, um, he was replaced by Jack Valenti in 1966. And Jack Valenti, he was the man in Hollywood for 40 years. He controlled Hollywood for 40 years. Um, it was his company that released the motorcade route for JFK. Um, he was blackmailing LBJ. He had homosexual photographs of him. I mean, that's kind of how they blackmail is kind of a thing. Um, and then when the FBI was finally catching up to him and realizing in his background checks that he had associations with, uh, you know, in the day, Lucky Luciano, and he had connections to Chicago mob and connections to Savello in, in, in uh, Houston and Dallas. Um, he's like, OK, I'm out of here. And he went and he took over the MPA for 40 years. So you had a guy who was working for the mob and the CIA get replaced by another guy who was working for the mob and the CIA and was blackmailing our president and was a Kennedy assassination conspirator. And then he took over Hollywood for 40 years and pumped out 40 years worth of propaganda. So that was just this little side story of uh, some – I mean, dude, we see it happening research. today. I mean like the war criminals of 
you know, Bush and Cheney's years are now, or or Reagan and Bush's years are now the war criminals of Trump's years. Oh yeah, and they're not even trying to hide it. Bringing guys like Abrams back and and um, what's the guy with the the douchebag with the mustache? Oh, Bolton. Bolton, yeah. not Michael Bolton. Fuck He's a great guy. singer. <laughs> John Bolton, right? All right, so we're, we're, let's let's move on to this. Um, Explain to our listeners, not people watching, what, what we're looking at. Okay, we are looking at the use of force matrix, right. or some people call it the use of force continuum. Now, basically, there is a standard that police are supposed to stick by. If I'm just hanging out with you here, um, I can't pull out a gun and shoot you, right? I have to have a certain level threat that I have to be able to respond to. And this basic chart, uh, for those listening on the audio, look this up. It's the use of force matrix. Um, Basically, this outlines what the subject's actions are and what the officer is allowed to do, right? So if we're just standing here, I can't do anything. But if I'm going to put handcuffs on you and you, like, pull away from me, that would be, like, the next level up of resistance and I might be able to thump you, right? So if you're trying to actively physically fight me, I'm allowed to go a a step above that and use my taser or secondary weapons or whatever. Um, And if, like we've seen in all these shootings, they try to justify all these murders that they've been committing by saying that the actions of the subject have been – the, act, the actions of the subject have been assaultive or would cause serious bodily harm or death or he's trying to kill you. Of course, any reasonable person can look at some of these videos that have been coming out oh, and tell yeah. that they're just bullshitting all day long, yeah, right? Yeah, like the guy killed himself when his, he was – like what they say about one woman that she she killed, grabbed the gun and shot herself. While she was in handcuffs. Handcuffed behind her arms. Yes. Behind um, her back. And, and I'm sure that guy had no no – uh, discipline whatsoever. I mean, they just bought his story, and part of the reason why they buy stories like that is because of something that, like, you're not going to see this any termed anywhere. I kind of termed this myself. I call it creative articulation. Yeah. Um, so basically, I mean, I could sit here right now, jump over this table, choke the life out of you, and then I know how to write a police report that would basically justify everything I did. You know, um, and police like to use words that really have no meaning, like. He made furtive movements or he came at me in a suspicious, aggressive manner. Like, what do these fucking words mean? They're vague. They mean nothing. But then the sergeants go, okay, no problem. And they just sign it off. And then it goes up to the state attorneys or the district attorneys. And the district attorneys just sign off on all these murders because the next day they need these cops to keep bringing them cases for them to prosecute. Yes. Right? So it's just a big fix. Everyone's – they're out there murdering people, violating their oath, violating this use of force matrix, which anybody can go and look up. Um, and it's it, and for a guy like me, it's really frustrating because after I left, um, I remember the first case that really got me into being uh, very ag- aggressively anti-cop was that I was seeing through the bullshit and I was seeing bullshit that I had pulled. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, like the first one was the Ferguson case. And, like, I saw these guys on just just trying to fluff what happened at Ferguson, and I saw through all that Explain bullshit. Explain what happened at Ferguson. Oh, Ferguson, you had Michael Brown. Michael Brown, basically, um, he was walking down the street with his buddy. Supposedly, he was involved in some sort of robbery, which really wasn't a robbery. I, I'm not going to go into that, but it, he was not a rob. He did not rob a store. But the cop came up out of nowhere um, in his car, commanded them get off the road. Next thing you know... Um, he takes off running and he gets shot. Basically, he was shot in the back. Um, he was shot three or four times. They couldn't prove that he was had his back. That he had his back turned. Um, but I, I read enough about the story. I listened to the statements. I pulled some of the reports. Uh, and basically, it was a straight up murder. 
Um, and what it comes down to is cops don't really give a shit about the Constitution. They don't give a shit about you and your safety, public safety, uh, the law, any of that stuff. Um, what they care about <clears throat> is having a position of power and dominance that they say, hey, you know, you're going to do what I say and you're going to do it now. You're going to do it the first time because I don't have the patience and I don't want to deal with you to ask you a second time. So the first time, you better listen to what I say because the second time I'm just going to fuck you up. Okay. And I know because I did it. I mean, I would straight up. It is a dangerous that, job, though. Well, here's the thing. That's another. That's another thing. Is it dangerous? Sure. I mean, um, it's if dangerous. You, if you put it on the list of you know dangerous jobs, it's about twentieth in the freaking list. I mean, electricians and like you know guys who mow the lawn are listed as higher than police work. And Hold on, guys who mow the lawn is hey, more dangerous. Your job you well, uh, maybe in Vegas where it's a thousand degrees. No. But there is something. What? I got Mexican friends without fingers. <laughs> that lawnmower will do some work on those fingers. Right, though. right, 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 right. But the lawnmower isn't going to uh, suddenly, you know, you don't know if you, what, if you get on the wrong lawnmower, it's going to fucking cut your finger off. Like right. with cops, you don't know who you're pulling over. And I, like, I'm not saying that what you're saying is wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm saying there really has to be a look at what the job entails. Right, but here's the thing. When, you, when you're brand new on the road, you have, you have this feeling like you're part of a team. You're one of them because you've got all the guys helping you out. You've got sergeants and all the command staff helping you out. But over a period of a couple of years, let's say five years, because really you're a rookie for five years. Um, so basically over that period of five years – the more experienced you become on the road, handling situations on the road become second nature. You know, there was no situation you could have put me in that I would have freaked out about. There was no, oh my god, I'm scared. There was none of that. It was just, oh shit, man with a gun. All right, let's go do it. You know, so it becomes second nature doing the job. Where the stresses come from is administrative stress, right? Your lack of control over your own career. Um, you would have more problems after you get past like the, you know, the honeymoon phase, you realize, hey, my bosses really don't – they're not really there to help me or support me. They have a quota to write people up just like I got a quota to write tickets. You know what I mean? Right. So it gets kicked down the line like that. So by the for end tickets of your – Tickets for sure. There's, I, I, if you live in L.A. long enough, you realize that basically you know, speed, traffic tickets are just a, a backdoor tax. They absolutely are. And um, – Tickets to me are a great example of how being a police officer is dehumanizing. Um, not only can you go around shooting people, doing use of force, extorting people for money, um, you, you, the only way that you can ever do that and look yourself in the mirror is if you dehumanize the people that you're doing that to, right? Right. So it kind of starts off with, um, you know, it's us against them. And that's from day one, like police, and then there's everybody else. And you're kind of taught uh, that you are the elite. And that you're there to, um, you know, you're there to protect society and blah, 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 blah. But then who is society? Like to me, the idea that there's good guys and bad guys is the biggest myth of all time. Like, there's, Yeah, that's all some psychological shit. Nobody yeah. thinks they're a bad guy. And then when you find out the bad guys are working with the good guys, what does that make the good guys? Exactly. And then th there are some really good um, documentaries that have been made about guys who went undercover, like deep undercover. And then they realized – these people, they're not bad guys. They're just trying to get by, and this is what they're forced to do because of their right. current social economic status. The black market was simply changed, so created so that the CIA could make more money. You outlaw something, thus making it more valuable. And, you know, like, do you think liquor stores made more now or when it was illegal and, you know— they could mm -hmm. charge more for a drink and all that shit. It was, you know, they had to legalize liquor because it was getting so violent. You know, I don't know. 
why we don't do that with drugs. I do not know why we don't legalize drugs or at least decriminalize it so people don't go to jail. Because it's, it's violated in Mexico and not here. It's just dangerous here. Well, no one's, yeah, but there's no cartels like in like where they're actually decapitating people like there was back in the day yeah back in the day with alcohol and that's when they did it but since it's not happening here they're like i get what you're saying they're like with prohibition that there was there was a lot of uh the the social pressure to let have alcohol be legal was overwhelming it's not quite there with drugs you know what i mean like weed it's getting there but still you can get locked up in like half the states still for having weed on you which to me is just it's ridiculous it's cr- it should be criminal i mean if you lock somebody up for weed you're the one that should go to fucking jail I yeah mean, i'm like, it's so it. obvious what's going on too it's just like you're just doing the work of these corporations because they know that you can grow your own weed mm-hmm. well it's kind of difficult because after actually after i left police work i went and became a commercial grower in colorado for over 2 years so I kind of did the big flip right there. Oh, you're probably flip, bad at yeah. it. You're probably <laughs> yeah. bad at it. Right? Um, let's go over some statistics real quick. So in 2017, they say 1,147 people were killed by police. In 2018, 1,166. Uh, these numbers are grossly underreported. And the reason they're underreported is if I shoot you and you don't die for six months, you're not included in the statistics. Right. Um, on average, about 150 people, unarmed people per year, are murdered by police. Um, and in 2018, there were only 23 days where a cop didn't kill somebody. On average, um, cops kill a person in America every seven hours. Really? Mm-hmm. That's about three a day. It comes out to about twelve to 1,300, which, like I said, is still, in my opinion, grossly underreported. Um, oh, and most killings, this is a good one, most killings begin with police responding to suspected nonviolent offenses or cases where no crime was reported. Yeah. So, like, you show up to somebody, they're sitting in their car, and next thing you know, you're fucking shooting them because you're a pussy. Um, oh, and that's that's what it comes down to. You have some sort of weird psychological need to show your dominance, and when that person bucks your dominance, you, your your need to feel dominant because you've pretty much been a loser your whole fucking life. And I don't I don't say that lightly. Um, well, I'll say that about uh, airport security for sure. I mean, those, those guys are all those guys C plus would, students who suddenly have these. And I, I listen. I was a C plus student, so I mean, but they they were giving humongous power, and you you just. And they know they can't get fired, so they just like they just don't give a fuck, and they actually like causing you a little chaos in your life. Yes, and um, you know, I, another thing to think about is that cops, even the ones who they say they're good cops, like the whole system's broken. You know what I mean? Right. To me, it's like saying, yeah, there were some good Nazis. I mean, to me, it just doesn't jive because. You can't be a good cop in a, in a completely broken and corrupt system, right? And if you're in a system where 50 to 70% of your activity is locking people up for things that shouldn't be an offense in the first place. Right. And that are, so, like we said, a supply by our own government, then you're just a puppet in some bigger game that you don't even understand. Well, the, it, it's definitely. The question whether it should be against the law is 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 another thing. They are in for, I, Like, dude, I'm with you, dude. I mean, you got to create laws so people can violate them so you can arrest them and throw them in jail. Right. They need that mili- that that prison industrial complex to just keep churning. I mean, we lock up in the US 25% of the world's prisoners. We lock up more people than like Russia, China, and all these these third world countries that we say are bad countries. We lock up more people than they do. Um, it's disgusting and we only have 5% of the population. So let me ask you something. Sure. Uh, what is, where do you think, how do they get these crazy cops? Like, I actually think that if you fail a psychological exam, they like you. That, you know, it's like, 
they actually want the crazy people out there instead of the, the well-adjusted and who wouldn't think because they need them to be a little bit you got to be like a little crazy want to become a cop. And the more crazy you are, the more that helps them with the, you know, kicking in doors and blazing four fours and cracking skulls on people. And from my experience, like the average cop, uh, at least most of the ones I knew, uh, and I worked for two different agencies. I worked for an agency of about 150, and then I switched to an agency of over 3,000. So I've gotten to see like both sides, the big and the small. And across the board, the guys who are getting hired are pretty much um, – they genuinely didn't smoke weed more than like two or three times in their life. You know, probably didn't get laid till they were in their fucking twenties. Those are like the questions they ask you. Like those are just you know how they talk about those oh, questions yeah. they ask you. Just did you smoke weed? Did you sell weed? Just, yep, you got to outline all that stuff. Of course, yeah. I've, I lied my ass off. I spent two years learning how to beat the lie detector. That was that was a blast. <laughs> So, um, but the whole thing is a bit, it's a big scam. It really is. And the guys who go in for the most part are genuinely like goody two shoes. Um, and they kind of develop into this personality. So get corrupted, like brainwashed yeah. type of shit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a self indoctrination, right? Cause you want to be in there. You want to be in there. So even like, dude, I toured with fish for like 10 years before I became a cop. You know what I mean? Like I smoked. Dude, how many lives have you lived? A lot. I've lived a lot of <laughs> lives. You went on tour with fish. You were growing weed. He's a cop. You're a cop. Bit shoot guy. I mean, bit, <laughs> Bitcoin. Lives in Vegas now. I, I'm kind of OCD, obsessive, compulsive, ADD. I got to have 10 things going on or I freak out like I'm a loser or something, which the two aren't mutually exclusive. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so the average cop is just a normal person who doesn't know what to do with themselves. It looks cool. They watch too many episodes of NYPD Blue. You know what I mean? Like They're like, ah, might as well. Um, I found that the coolest guys, the guys who were so down to earth and level headed were the guys who were actually veterans who actually had been to Iraq or Afghanistan because they come back and you put them here and they're like, this ain't shit. Yeah. I've seen – I've been well, shot you at. you used to have to be military to get in – to become a cop. I almost don't think that's a bad idea, man. But there's not enough people who want to do the job. Like I would say you could fix all these police problems by making everybody have a bachelor's degree. But guess but what? what? You what? have nobody hired. Like the agency I first worked for had a policy before I got hired there that you had to have a bachelor's degree. That lasted like six months and they couldn't get a single person. Oh, dude. I mean, they can't get anybody to join the military now. Look at their bribing people. But what up? I don't, well, we're I, an invasion force. I, I can kind of I don't think that. having a military cop would be good. Wouldn't they have PTSD? My react on instinct on something well, that my was personal nothing. experience is that the guys had seen real shit over there and they come back here and you put them in the worst neighborhood and it's, it's still like this is nothing compared to what i've already seen you know what i mean so from my experience um they were the chillest guys of all and they weren't the ones out jacking people up the guys who are out jacking people up are seeming like the guys who have something to prove to themselves you know what i mean like they have to maintain that level of dominance that's how i feel about so mom can, cops <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's it's the same thing, but on a different scale. Yeah, yeah, just under, know? but it's like the same thing, though, right? Because really, ultimately, at the end of the day, the, uh, uh, the cops' feelings of self-worth and self-respect 100% tied to the job. Without that job, that person has no identity anymore. And I fell into that trap, too, which was kind of crazy because I did so much stuff that wasn't cop-like before I was a cop. And one day I just made up my mind, eh, I got to do it, you know, so let me do it. Um, but – uh uh, okay, what do we okay. <laughs> what uh, we talk about? I was waiting for you to, to go. Um, so what we're seeing right now is, is a move into militarizing police. Mm -hmm. What is your thoughts on that? I mean, 
people really it's a very interesting thing that happens in this country where one moment we think one thing and by this the following year we're thinking the exact opposite right because <clears throat> let's remember uh 2016 we're only two years three years out of that uh we had an epidemic of cops shooting unarmed black men okay then we had the North Dakota Indians protesting the pipeline and militarized police going in and cracking skulls of these Native American peaceful mm-hmm. protesters. Where is this military? Where's the militarization of police and, and the cop force coming from? Okay, so that comes from the from the MIC, the military industrial complex, because basically what they did was. They went around to – and I don't remember what year this started. It started before I got in and I got in in 05. Um, they basically went around to police departments and sold them surplus Humvees and surplus weapons and AR-15s and all the military shit. They sold them surplus. But in my opinion, they kind of pushed it. I mean you could, they would come to an agency and be like, we'll give you this – it's a brand new Hummer, two years old. $1,500. Like, literally, yeah. it would be pennies. Yeah. And so, who's going to say no to that, right? right? Right, And then all the guys who are on SWAT and stuff, now they feel like, oh, now I can go kick in doors better and stuff, right? right? right so, it's right, kind of right. like this perpetual, they offered, and hey, we're going to take, you know yeah. what I mean? That was kind of like what We've it was. seen it get really bad with that, man. We've seen, like, John Oliver, who I think has lost all credibility on his show, but once in a while, he kind of hits it, and he did a whole story on that. Boy, they're just giving you this stuff. Mm-hmm. They're giving you military power without the military training. Correct. Um, yeah, the training that goes on, really most of the vast majority of training for SWAT guys is building clearing. Mm-hmm. Basically like, you know, they kick in that door. We got 10 guys file in the room. What do we do? How do we, how do, we do that? We come across people. Do we shoot them? Do we not shoot them? Like all that kind of stuff. But it's really just the same training over and over and over again. There's no, there's no de-escalation training. There is no training that's, hey, this is starting to get out of hand. Instead of me you know, clobbering this guy, let me talk him down and we'll just have a conversation, right? And let me take a half hour with this person. No, because you can slam the guy, throw him in your car and be done in 10 minutes. You know what I mean? So um, there's that aspect also. Yes. Let's get into the uh, psychological effects of – Police work. Okay, so this is where things get really interesting, and this is where most people have no clue, including cops who are going through it themselves. So there is a there's a concept called the hypervigilance emotional roller coaster, and it was it kind of coined by a guy named Dr. Kevin Gilmartin, who wrote a book called uh, Emotional Survival for Law Enforcement. I can tell you, hands down, it's the most important book I've ever read. Uh, as I was getting towards the end of my career. Um, I was an emotional fucking wreck. I was a monster. I was just, I was devastated. Were you roiding, dog? Yes. No, 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 no. I wasn't. Come on, shredded hard nipples, right? No, 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 no. I was definitely not. (laughs) But I had some issues going on. My girlfriend was an alcoholic and she got me in trouble at work. And like, so I had like, it was just, my life was a total cluster. Is this uh, before Insane Clown Posse or after Insane Clown Posse? Dude, Insane Clown Posse. Listening to them will we'll save do, I want to do a whole episode on why you like the insane. I tried to book posse. them one time. They came through LA. I tried to book them, but I, I couldn't get the uh, I couldn't get it 
together. Oh, that's why. Um, Maybe because I didn't want to have them on, too. <laughs> <laughs> They're the fucking best, dude. The Great Malenko is a top ten album of all time. So. You're a nuts oh, dude, person, no, dude. No. You're a nuts person, dude. You're not. Go on with what okay, you're saying. Okay, so, so basically, this is, the fun, this is the nuts and bolts of the uh, emotional instability and psychological instability of cops. Basically, every time a cop goes to work... From the minute he puts his uniform on till the time he takes it off at the end of the day, what's that usually 10, 12 hours could be, got to drive home, drive to work. That to me is the exact same thing as uh, what they're going through on an emotional and psychological level is just like being a drug addict. So when you enter into a state of hypervigilance, hypervigilance is kind of like if you go home right now and your front door is kicked open and you're going to be freaked to fuck out. You're right, going to be like, right. holy shit. Imagine being in that state of mind for eight to ten hours straight. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. It's like, dude, you never know who you're pulling up on. Right. So you exist in this kind of state, whether it's warranted or not. But that's a whole other conversation. Um, but you basically you go up into the state of hypervigilance. And then when you get off work, you take your uniform off, you crash. Now, it takes for the body to to recover from a state of hypervigilance even a short you know 10 15 minutes something happens it takes your body 16 to 24 hours to recover but what do cops do virtually immediately from the time they get up in the morning they go back to work usually from the time they get off to the time they go back is less than 12 hours but it takes the body 16 to 24 hours to recuperate from that state of hypervigilance so imagine what that does to a person over a period of weeks months 20 year career you yes. know what i mean it burns you out on a physiological level um, heart disease, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and then it, it, it makes you a psychologically and emotionally unstable person. So really, if you've got more than a couple of years on, you're fucking toast upstairs, whether you want to admit it or not. Now, the guy, it doesn't apply to everybody, but I would say 70, 80 percent. Yes. I know a couple of guys who basically things just bounce off of and they're kind of like, do, do, do. They're dead on the inside. Well, you know, they got things going on. They, they, they can't wait to get off work so they can go do things. Yeah. Right. There's those guys. Very small percentage. Bang strippers. <laughs> They wish they could bang strippers. In Vegas, all the cops are just banging strippers. And the strippers are all banging cops. And they're humongous human beings. And let's not go crazy that... Let's not forget that they don't drug test cops. I'm, when, when I say drugs, steroids. They're not checking for HGH, not no, checking for steroids. These guys are jacked, dude. I remember moving to LA and I was like... Dude, they're all tiny Mexicans out here. They have, like, tiny Mexicans and tiny Asians as cops. Like, I'm talking, like, 5'4", five, 5'3". Five, I'm, like... Yoked. No, and in L.A., they're all... In Vegas, they're all, like, uh, uh, Nebraska linebackers. They all look like they play college football in Nebraska. They're huge dudes. Out here, because you need so many cops, you got to take as many people as you can. And there's some tiny-ass cops out here. So throw throw steroids onto that. Then in Napoleon complex, <laughs> it's gonna be bad. Yeah, it's it's a cocktail for chaos. Um, so I want to go over just a couple specific points. Uh, I already mentioned like suicide is the number one cause of officer death because of the stresses of the job combined with their feelings of self worth, um, and basically. Depression, isolation, withdrawal from society and loved ones, that can indicate problems in an officer's life. And this kind of happens very frequently. They can't be normal people. No, they can't. So one day, one time, an old friend of mine from high school showed up uh, at one of my shows in in, um, 
in La Jolla, and she brought a friend. We were all hanging out. We were all just kind of talking. And then about two hours into the conversation, she lets me know that her friend works for the DEA. I mean, <laughs> drug, the drug enforcement. I'm like, dude, you got to let people know that right out the gate that they work for drug enforcement. Do you not know I like drugs, dude? Yep. <laughs> you got to let me know this early, dude. They're trying you to set you up. Yeah, dude. You can't just, you know, so that's everywhere you go, like as a cop. People are always cop. Everybody, they're not the same person. They're quiet. Yep. They're guarded. All mm-hmm. that stuff. It psychologically it has to be damaged. Stop getting invited to Absolutely. parties. That's a fact. Yeah, you get you you become a cop. No one's inviting you to parties. They're not telling you. I got the plug. Yep. I got the hookup on this. This. Yeah. You, you lose out all the cool homies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and here, this is really important. Officers deny negative aspects of their jobs to justify continuing their careers. What are some of the negative aspects? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you just beat the shit out of somebody for no reason who was innocent in the first place, and then you're just going to pat yourself on the back for it. I mean, I think that's some of those. That, I think that would qualify. For I think sure. that cops are. Listen, man. I, you know, again, it's a hard job, but I think like cops pass the psychological exam where most bouncers can't, and that's mm. why they have to be bouncers. <laughs> but the ones who can pass it become cops. And my friend of mine from high school became a cock. He cop. He became a cock. cock. He became a cop. And he he eventually got kicked out because he's such a crazy person. Mm. But one time he basically said to me, we get paid to beat people up. Yeah. Um, there's really... I have never seen anybody do a use of force that a sergeant was like, hey, what's up with that? Never. Not once. Like, it, they don't ask questions. Um, if you slam them, went to jail, you got a pat on the back. And that was kind of how it went. Um, well, you know, I mean, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on with that, man. A lot of stuff going on. I mean, George Carlin has a great bit about, like, he hates cops. The one thing he, he, re- he respects about them is they don't rat each other out. And there's just code of silence where you don't question everything. See, that's how it appears on the outside. But man, I swear there has to be a, a, like an internal affairs quota because I, you were always worried about who you were, what you were saying to who because people were ratting on each other like crazy, like really? at both agencies, Snitches? the small and the big agency. Yeah, like the big agency I was at, their IAs. They were constantly in rotation. They had fifty, sixty internal affairs investigations going on over little shit that. You only get in trouble for if they want to get rid of you. You like, know what I mean? Like, who ate Sarah's muffin? We got to do an investigation. <laughs> so, like, when people become cops, they they are willing to change their worldview to accommodate the needs of the job, right? So, um, you become much more cynical. And the example um, that they give is like Boy Scout leaders are now pedophiles, right? So, like, you kind of get this attitude like everybody sucks, the world sucks, and uh, bullshit predominates. Almost everyone is morphed into an asshole, and so that starts off. With just um, the cops against everyone else, right? But then when you kind of start to see how it really works behind the scenes and how people are ratting on each other and how everything is really just – I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you some stories later. But um, don't say it on podcast when people want to hear. It. Definitely, right. not. Yeah, definitely you, not. After we're done recording, you're gonna tell us stories. <laughs> That's the best time. To, <laughs> when you appear on a podcast, dude. When we stop recording, I'm gonna tell you some great stuff. <laughs> so basically, um, this this constant state of hypervigilance it warps your worldview, causes you to change who you are, and um, the definition given for hypervigilance is a worldview based on a threat-based, biologically driven perspective in which everyday events unfold as potentially dangerous to officers, right? 
Like, so that door opens to me and you. It's just a door opening, but to a cop, he needs to fucking go jump somebody because the door's opening, right? Yeah, right. Um, well, it is, the, dude. That's the whole thing. You just don't know who you're going to pull over, and it's 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 got to be. It's just chaos. I've pulled thousands of traffic stops, and I've never had anyone try to shoot me. Those are the exceptions. Um, those are the exceptions, not the rule, right? So they teach you. You never know who you're pulling over. You never know who you're pulling over. You're pulling over some guy who wants to get home and not get jacked for $150. Right, but ticket, you have right? to be kind of like – you have to approach it like you don't know what's in the car. It's right, got to be like they... women when they find out the guy, they're hooking, how big the dick is, right? <laughs> it's almost this moment of Christmas where they open up the thing. Like is it is it a 12-inch monster or like a 2-inch fucking – you know? Appetizer. Who? What are you going in with? Right, but imagine this. Imagine you go up and you and and the person is just a normal Joe Schmo getting a ticket, whatever. You still keep him in that you know us against him mentality, and so therefore you through the dehumanization you can write him fifty tickets and not even care. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times I stack tickets on people. I mean, hitting guy with six hundred dollars in tickets at one time. Hey, that was less tickets I had to write tomorrow. You know yeah, what I mean? No, so. I get that. I get that. And it is a quota. And it makes me upset because when I go to traffic court, I look around and everybody's ugly. And I'm like, is this cop telling me I'm ugly? Because <laughs> well, I never see good looking people at traffic court ever. This is how the quota system works. You're definitely not allowed to have a quota ever. However, our chief came to us and said, hey, I would really like for you guys to get, you know, 10, 15, just warnings. Don't have to be tickets. Just give them warnings. And per month, you know, it's not much. It's one every other day. It's not a whole lot, right? Give who warnings? The, the, the public. Okay. Just write them warnings instead of writing C- a ticket. Yeah, civilians. But if you didn't do those 15, guess who didn't get the day off they requested? Guess who didn't get the promotion Hold they on. were looking so, for? So, but, how, but if you give a warning, do you write a ticket when you give a warning? Yeah, you get a ticket. It says warning ticket. Okay. And what, is it, what, what do you have to do to fix a warning? Nothing. You ain't got to do nothing. It's just a warning. Or, it's just a written or, warning. Or fix a ticket. They shit. wanted you to maintain contact with the public and let them know, hey, we're still here. Right, 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 so, right. right. Um, but yeah, if you did not do that, if you did not fall in line and write those 15 warnings a month, you got skipped over for that promotion. It got brought up in your next, you know, your annual review. Whatever it is, there's ways around the quota system, but there is absolutely 100% a quota no matter where you're going. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're like, we don't have a quota. Dude, you got a quota. Seen, we all know it. You've seen the end of the month. You yeah. know how it starts looking. Yeah, Everyone's dude. getting pulled over, a bunch of cops everywhere. Dude, do you know that I'm, uh, I think, I forget, I'm like, I'm like 16 and 3 in traffic court in LA. That's why everyone's like, oh, dude, it's racist. I got pulled over almost 20 times out here. I've won most of my cases. But they're definitely pulling people. I mean, I got, dude, cops straight lying on the stand. Yeah. This guy lied about how he saw me. There's no way physically he could have seen me. <laughs> pull up this ramp and you think he could remember how many people does he pull over all of them exactly you think he's remember that exact moment if he saw you're not he's just gonna say yeah because they're gonna believe him so you know my, i have a system to, to win your ticket and that is to keep <laughs> pushing off the ticket show up as much as you can keep pushing off push it off push it off but then uh, at some point la was like uh-uh you guys gotta show up to these fucking tickets now because we're defaulting on all this cash that could be coming yeah in. and that didn't work with us if we got a, a if we got a notification to go to traffic court and we didn't go we'd get in trouble so yeah. we kind of had to show up for court yeah i mean 100 and it's just it's like it's a backdoor tax mm-hmm. i mean dude they they tried to pass a law that you had to have your dog in a seatbelt. <laughs> there's a law trying to get passed that you had to have your dog in a seatbelt. i'm like Who's going to be able to put your dog in a seatbelt? Have you ever tried to tell your dog 
to sit what, down. What, to do in your yeah. car? No, it's the worst. They'll never sit there in a seatbelt. Mexicans still put them in the, in the trunk. You've seen that. How many what? people? Tr- you've seen, I know you don't, but you've seen Mexicans put, put them in the beds? Oh, in the In be- the bed, yeah, in the bed, and they're just kind of chilling in the there. In the trunk? No, in the bed of the truck, oh, of a truck. Oh, in the truck. I it's so dangerous because if you slam your brakes, it literally just goes straight to the yeah, front and hits gives. the window. Nobody they don't gives. give a fuck. Okay, so I want to touch on something real quick. Um, while it seems like cops, when you're out with a cop, he has all the control in the world over you. In the very in the, the nature of the job and the career, you don't really have much control. If you say, hey, I want to be a detective, well, it isn't really up to you. <laughs> you can get skipped over by a dozen mediocre guys, which is what happens in the real world. Um, but... The, that that over a career, that lack of feeling of control, that like you go where the screen tells you to go, you enforce the law as the book says to, like you really don't have a whole lot of control in what you're doing and your career. And your promotions, which Correct. is L.A. I mean, Correct. like I feel bad for these actors, man. It's just like now that I do this podcast and other podcasts and I tore off my stuff. That to me is freedom. These poor actors, man, they're, they're allowing fucking gatekeepers to decide who went, who gets the gig and who doesn't get the gig. And they're all giving it to their friends. It's all trust fund kids and private school kids. Can you guys hear me? Hello? Did you kick out the thing again? I, nobody kicked it out. Yeah, it's constantly been kicked out. No. It's still recording though, right? It's still are recording, you, yeah. Are you still recording? Yeah, of course. Huh? Alright. <laughs> okay. You know? So, so it's gotta um, be really hard when you don't have a say in what you're doing. So where is the one area with police that they are in total control when they're out with the individual call, when they're out with the citizen, when they're out with you or you or whoever else, that is where they can be as big a dick as they want. They're the boss. Um and they generally don't have to worry about consequences, right? So the Lack of it's control. Power play. Total power play. Because That's why homeless of- people take forever to cross streets. This one moment they have all the power. <laughs> I hate – yes, you're kind of right with that. So um, that's why you'll see these cops just be complete dicks and treat you like you're subhuman because that is the one area of their life that they do have control over. You know. That's why they like sir. A lot of sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. I actually did a joke about that. I got handed a $300 ticket from a cop. And I was like, thank you, sir. I'm like, uh, how dumb was that to say thank you after getting a $300 ticket? That's like saying thank you have to get prison raped in jail, you know? And <laughs> it doesn't make sense now, but that was about a tool song. So in reference to that feeling of lack of control, um, I want to shift this kind of to um, the rise in police being arrested. All right. So back in 2005... There was only about 400 and change cops arrested that year. Now we're seeing anywhere from 1,000 to 1,200 cops per year being arrested. Um, and what are they being arrested for? They're being arrested for mainly domestic violence, trying to exert that control at home. They're not getting it, so they beat their wives. Like, and they're on roids. And they're on roids. And number two are sex crimes. Uh, between 05 and 14, in nine years, uh, cops were arrested for 400 rapes in nine years. Um, that comes back to, you know, you're getting rejected. I'm the dominant one. I, I'm entitled, right? This, this feeling of um, having no control over your career when your career is your whole life gives you this feeling of I'm entitled to do it. But right? raping, like, people they arrest or just, no, just in, in general? In general. Okay, well, okay, I mean, okay. it's also oh, we've like seen it. you we've say, seen hey, that too. well, you know, who is the one serial killer that would pretend he was a cop and he would tell people to pull over? Pull over in here, and that's where he would get his women. Was that Bundy? Was that Ted Bundy? No, that wasn't Bundy. Who was that, Aaron? Thank you. Um, 
Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Golden State Killer was a cop, too, man. Yeah, that's what, who it was. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, and they're victims 61% of the time of police violence or against women. Um, I mean, that's a lot of power you have over a girl. And, like, women cry to get out of tickets all the time, right? No, am I wrong? It'd be my go-to move. That or my tits. Yeah. That or the crying tits, right? or tits. That's it. Very disappointing. Being a cop only got me laid like once or twice. Like, it? Nobody wanted really to bang you during the office while you were working? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I ha- okay, I had one. I picked this chick up on a, uh, what was it, when you're drunk? Oh, Marchman. Call it a Marchman Act, right? And she offered me the booty for uh, letting her go. She's like, I'll give, you, I'll give up my ass and I don't give that to anybody. And I was like. Did you take it? No, I didn't take you it. You thought what? about it. You thought no, about I it. Thought, no, no, because no, at the time no. <laughs> you're so invested in that job that nothing else matters. Not even uh, I would, yeah, yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm telling you, I would be the bad lieutenant. Oh, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even. I'd be doing drugs. I'd be banging everybody. What a great of, movie that was. Yeah. Show me you, okay. Here's something I do believe. You ever take the drugs and not report them and keep them yeah. or sell them? Because like, that's cops yeah. No, I never did. And honestly, like I quit smoking weed for like a decade for that piece of shit job. Like what? How dumb long were you a cop? Dude, I was a cop for a long time. Like how? What's a long time? I, I got in 2005 in the summer and I left early 2014. So. So about nine years, nine yeah. years, huh? That is a long time. Where were you a cop? Florida. Florida. Where in Florida? Um, I don't want to say okay. because, because I got a lot of dirt that I'm going to end up dropping, and I'm going to do a but show not sometimes. On this podcast. Not this one. <laughs> Me and XG been talking about doing a show, or I'm going to launch a show on cops, or we're going to do something, and I got plenty of dirt that I'm going to have to drop on some people, and I don't feel like anybody getting canned anytime soon. <laughs> so. If you see a suicide, you know what that means. So... Yeah, I mean, like, they commit uh, suicides very high up. Cops end up killing themselves more than people kill cops. Yes. Uh, oh, by far. 37% of all police deaths are because of suicide. And that that has directly comes down to your identity and you're linking who you are as a person with that career, which is the biggest crock of bullshit ever. Um, but, but wait up. But even when they do commit a crime or they get in trouble, don't they just get paid leave? Ain't that the worst case scenario that happens? <sighs> Paid leave, which doesn't even sound that bad. No. Um, but to them, I, I get what you're coming no, from. Think, where that's when you tell me like they're not part of the team no more. Right, and right, that's right. when they commit suicide. Correct, correct. It's when you feel like your identity is being stripped from you. And all the things that you prided yourself on were really not yours in the first place. They were because of this career. Um, but here's the thing. They cover for all these murders because... They'll jam everyone up for everything else. You know, if you fucking get drunk and go out and cause some problems, you're getting in trouble at work. You're getting in trouble at work for goddamn everything. You're getting in trouble at work for not doing, not putting two staples in the paperwork. And, you know what I mean? Like, they're jamming you up. Like, cops get jammed up like crazy. But this murder, sh- this murder shit, they have to cover themselves up because if they admit that this Lawsuits. one's... If they admit that this one's bad. Yeah. But hey, these bad. 50 that were the exact same were bad, Dude, too. that's the it's, whole it's reason protecting a why... System. Why Stephen Avery's still in jail, and his ne- his nephew's still in jail? That's Dude, a crazy case. I've gone over that one head to toe, and I don't know what the fuck happened there. Well, I know that his his, his nephew didn't do anything. Correct. And they coerced that motherfucker into saying it. And anybody that doesn't see that doesn't want to admit that someone's doing a lot of time for something they didn't they didn't do. You can say whatever you want about Stephen Avery. Mm-hmm. His his nephew is very slow and just wanted to go to fucking WrestleMania. See, people in the system, <laughs> including district attorneys, um, they are, they go through a de- dehumanization process as well. 
So to them, that's not a person sitting in jail for a crime they didn't commit. That is just another statistic. Well, yeah. I mean, we got a real problem with district attorney's records being more important than the actual, like, who's, who's guilty, who's not guilty. And we've seen that because there's no real re- repercussions for prosecuting somebody that didn't do it, even if you knew they didn't do it. Yeah. Um, guilt or innocence and justice has nothing to do with police work. Like, that's a myth. Like, they don't give a shit that's about— That's district attorney stuff, too. I mean, we've seen over and over again where they focus on a certain person and they'll, they won't stop until they get— It's almost what happened with the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. You know, mm-hmm. it was like they were all getting this intel that wasn't there. And Dick Cheney was like, go find it. Go find it. He didn't want the intel if it didn't tell him that, that there, there weren't weapons of mass destruction. It wasn't a failure— it was a failure. It was a failure because they didn't find what he wanted. That's what it was. It was a success in that they finally drummed it up and made it happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was a big bunch of lies. Yeah. So this is what's going on in our, our court system. That, you know, these privatized prisons have to be filled. So you have to find somebody guilty of something. And you just happen to be in the wrong place at the right time. And all these guys who become state attorneys who want to become or district attorneys or associate district attorneys, they want to climb that ladder and they want to get that money. And because they want to go on the prosecution side for a long time, get the experience, and then they can flip to the defense and charge people, you know, 300 bucks an hour. Like that's that's the whole that's the whole business model of attorneys in general. I mean, they're all scum. Attorneys are scumbags. Uh, I don't appreciate lawyers in the least bit. All they do is they they obfuscate fact or truth to make, you know. A or B, correct. The, the plea and, bargain's fucked up. Okay, that's another thing we're going to talk about real quick, the plea bargain. Um, in all my years of being a cop, you know how many trials I actually testified at? How many? Maybe four, five. There's, there's no point. And I made hundreds of arrests every right. freaking year. So you take the plea bargain every fucking time because it's not bargain, worth it. Right? It's not worth it. It's literally like when you get a DUI, it's literally do the classes, do this, do that, which mm-hmm. is kind of bullshit. But... If you want to fight it and you lose, you're going to get five years. Right, but they... It's but, so but stupid. Why is, would you they, not fuck... Why would you even fight it? Like, correct, it's because not they, even worth it. Because half of those cases, they're bluffing and they don't have a fucking case. And so they're trying to push you to take a deal and so they'll never have to reveal they really didn't have a case in the first place. Like, I love case review. Like, I can read any fucking police report and just tell you exactly what you got, who's trying to fuck you, what you should do, like, all that stuff. I love going over police reports because... That's really the meat and potatoes. If it didn't happen, if it's not in a police report, it didn't happen. That's what they always used to say. But I go through so many police reports that I pull off the internet and look for different cases, and they're all written by guys with like a fucking third grade education. Like I should have been a fucking lawyer. I should have been one of those scumbags because yeah. because like I'm telling you, man, I can go through. I you can, can go through represent any all case. the gigolos. Juggalos, <laughs> <laughs> get it right. <laughs> but no, I can go over cases and I can look over a case and I can tell you exactly what happened for real. Like I can say what the cop wrote, but then I can be like, okay, he wrote this because he's bullshit. So you're saying like if I bring bring you a report, you'd be like, fight it or don't fight it. They're pretty. Well, I can't give much. legal advice. Well, I but know I can that, Point but, out all but, yeah. the bullshit in okay. case. Yeah, I did it for a friend of mine recently. They're tr- I had a friend who's they're trying to force a fucking domestic case on his girl, and like it's it's just a total crock of bullshit. And I went over the whole fucking report, and I'm like, dude, they don't have a case at all. Like, don't take a deal. They're not going to – you're getting fucked if you take this deal. Like, don't take a deal. They don't have a case. This will never hold up in a court. It's unbelievable how they have no problem sending innocent people to jail, yeah. and they don't even think twice about it. It's the dehumanization, and it's the statistics for their own self-whatever. You know, feelings of self-worth and getting a raise. Is there any way to fix shit. it now that you've been in the system? 
There no, my that ultimate be done? plan is to make a million bucks and dip to fucking Thailand. A million? Where are you going to live off a million dollars? I'm going to live in Thailand in a hundred dollar a month apartment yep. with fucking five dollar a night hookers. So <laughs> you went from a cop no, my, to just look at that. You went from being thing. a cop when to you, going to Thailand you, and fucking hookers. When you leave police work, you revert back to who you were before, right? I went through a lot of, I jumped through a lot of hoops to become a different person to be able to do that job. I used to know Border Patrol agent like right when he started <laughs> leaving, face tattoos, whole sleeve blasted, and it was like it's weird. Like you were Border Patrol, agent. he's like, dude, I just can't wait to leave. And then he literally like a month before he got his face, his um. His hands blasted, and they kind of wanted to fire him, but he's like, I'm about to retire. Go ahead and fucking fire me. Like, it's yeah. pointless. But like you said, no, they I mean, do I go back to who they are. We're fucked in this. We're, this country is toast. This country was stolen from us on November 22nd, 1963. Okay. It's been downhill ever fucking since. And it has. There is no fixing it. Um, and so I'm going to make a bunch of money, and I'm going to get the fuck out and go to some country where I can actually give a cop 10 bucks, and he'll leave me alone. You want you know that? I mean? That's what I want. Yeah, right down the street in Mexico. In Mexico, they're Chloe's still doing that, dog. That's his game plan. <laughs> bribe fucking dudes who drive. Okay, uh, bribe cops who. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> now that you now that you brought that up, were you ever bribed? Did you ever take a bribe? No. Did you ever think about it? Was so anyone worth it? They tried to bribe you. Come on. Well, the ass was. Oh yeah, but no money. Cute too. No one ever had the balls she was to say scummy. it. Scummy. I like him a little scummy. Uh, yeah, I did too. <laughs> I did Trashy, too. like she got fired from the I strip like club kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, my my long term plan is to get the fuck out of here within the next ten years. <laughs> oh, dude. By the out. way, I have a date. I want to get out by. Uh, I want to be out of L.A. by. 2029, because that's when they say the asteroid's going to hit. Have you seen that? Oh, my God. I got a shirt that says uh, uh, Giant Meteor 2020. Yeah. Like, j- just ended already. My favorite shirt in the world. That's like the, that's what we need. We're so fucking far gone as a Look at that. It's like you put ass, just do 2029 <laughs> ass, and it comes, boom. <laughs> right? It's coming. They call it the God of Chaos. Oh, that should be the name of my next album. Hey, we only got a couple minutes left, and I want to do some. Oh, what you, I want to do some shilling real quick. Show? No, I want to do some. Show? I want to do some shilling real quick. Some important shilling. So, I always got my hand in like twenty projects. But oh, we're right now. Are we? I got something. I don't want to end this conversation oh, right now. All right, man. Okay, I just, we got we got eleven more minutes, dude. I want to get into <laughs> uh, the shootings that happened. Yeah. Which became this giant thing. Which have you noticed? You haven't seen shootings anymore in the news anymore. I mean, like, people really got to understand. There's a reason they call television programming, not scheduling. They are programming <laughs> you to find out what to, get, what to get angry on and what not to get angry on, okay? Like blackface. Blackface, they tell you, is the worst thing ever, and it, it represents an ugly time. But yet they have no problems with you celebrating Thanksgiving, celebrating uh, St. Paddy's Day. Cinco de Mayo. Which are all associated with ethnic cleansing. Yep. Okay? It's like, get mad at this, don't get mad at that. So I remember when the Trump and... Uh, dude, they should do a story going back to Hillary versus Trump and how chaotic the world was during that election. It still is. It's a continuation <laughs> of it. I, all hell was breaking loose. And when you look back at it, you remember like black ex-military guys were killing cops left and right? You remember that? Like there was like, uh, not left and right, I take it back. <laughs> but two weeks in a row where two huge number of cops were killed by the same guy, ex-military, 
black ex-military. Yes, And then yes, they blew yes. them up with Christopher Donner, or Donner. That was him, no, right? That was one, but there was also a guy in Dallas and a guy, I believe, in New Orleans. That the did guy in too. Dallas, and there was the guy... Yeah, I know. There was two different cases. Yeah, yeah. exactly what you're talking And they about. all were the exact same thing. Ex-military that took out cops who got blown to smithereens by a bomb de- uh, detonating robot. Yeah, the bomb detonating robot. Let's just bypass all fucking police procedure. Let's just bypass all kinds of due process, and let's just go blow the guy up. Yeah, like it, that, that, that didn't meet that didn't fit anywhere on the on the use of force matrix that we looked at. And so, so once Trump gets elected, now all that shit's gone. It's like when you hear about like to the le- we obviously there's cases, but to the level of national outrage, where is that? Um, there's no there's no outrage because we're. We're just we're fucking couch we're, potatoes, we're, man. We're we're a country that's suffering from Stockholm syndrome. So when that whole thing came out, people started looking into the statistics of cops and killings, and they found that there were none. There was no national n- national center that collected all the info of co- how many people were killed by cops. Just like there's this whole thing I'm trying to do a story on, I can't get anyone to come in about, you know, all the Native American women that are disappearing oh, yes. from uh, reservations. There's no numbers on that. I'll, I'll, I'll find you somebody for that show. You know? Um, so basically, um, when it comes to, like, let's look at it from, the, uh, from another perspective. We've got cops killing thirteen to 1,500 people a year. That's probably re- close to real... Realistic numbers. Now, how many cops are being killed every year by um, felonious means, by, you know, assault or by being shot? Yeah. If you had to take a guess, how many would you say? Would you I'd think? say uh, 11,500. No, I mean 1,100. <laughs> I feel like I'm playing The Price is Right right. showdown. I can't go over. Uh, $1. I'm going to say $1. Okay. So on average, only between 50 and 60 cops a year are killed because of crime, felonious means. You know, um, duty-related illness for um, 9-11-related illness is killing 15 cops a year these days. Which is really? Kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, people um, want to talk about that. one, assault, three, automobile crash, 25. Okay, cops drive like shit. Yeah. And then they lump those car crash deaths in yeah. with the real numbers. But the reality is they're murdering 1,500 people to protect what fifty or sixty? That's kind of like the out. That's kind of like the. Well, idea they act like it. cops are getting clipped left and right. Right, they're not. Um, when Dallas happened, I got some popcorn. I thought it was a great day. Jesus oh, Christ! <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I just I'm ve- I'm vehemently anti-police well, because they're fucking the modern day SS. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Well, I, you know, I, I wish nobody harm. And I mean, like, I got in trouble for saying that the churches should burn, and people got mad at me. I go, so you're you're upset that I'm saying that the place where they fuck kids burned down should be burned <laughs> down? Is that what you're telling me? You think burning a, a church is worse than fucking kids? You know, right? But um, but I, overall, like the police deaths, um, when you look at it, it's automobile crashes, it's heart attacks. Um, Training accidents. I mean, it's it's things that can be prevented because of the cops' own behavior. You know what I mean? So if you have a total of 150 cops dying in a year, you've got a third of them being killed with guns or feloniously. Um, the rest of them are really they're not numbers that should be included in these statistics because there's no, there's nobody out there. Trying yeah, but there to get there them. was for the long time there was no national consensus on how many people were getting killed. There's nowhere you could go look up the numbers because they were covering that up. They didn't want anyone to know how many people were getting killed by cops. 
Yes, and out of that thirteen to fifteen hundred number, I have a feeling it's a lot higher. But at the same time, let me say this: uh, it's probably the golden age of police work. I mean, if you think it was worse before, no way. Go back to the thirties. Go back to when the mob was running things. Go back to the nineteen sixties or the nineteen seventies. The numbers were probably through the freaking roof, but back then the cops would kill you and then they'd roll your body into a ditch and it would just be another number. You know what I mean? Nowadays, they at least there's some kind of an effort to track, right? So cops are probably the least dicks they've ever been in the history of police work. I know. But it's still not good enough. It's not even fucking close to good enough. So how do you fix it all? Okay. So there are proven solutions. I'm going to go over a couple of them right now. So um, require officers to use all other means before shooting. That's one. Right? Don't just go right for the gun. Uh, require all use of force be reported. Believe it or not, there are some places you can jack people up and not have to do a use of force Of course. Order. Of course, dude. That was shocking to me because at the first agency I worked for, I had like a four-page fucking thing I had to fill out. It was crazy. Um, all right. Let me see. Ban chokeholds and strangleholds. Like that should be fucking common sense, right? Like look at the Eric Garner killing up in New York. The guy who was killed for selling uh, cigarettes. loose cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't doing anything. He was on the chart. He was exa- he was demonstrating um, basically like a passive resistance, right? Like he was just not letting them handcuff him. He wasn't fighting or anything like that. So the guy comes up behind him, chokes him. Yeah, I, told, I said that, man. I'm people. <coughs> I'm just amazed how many people were like okay with how that guy died. They're like, hey, dude, he's resisting arrest. He's a bad guy. It's like, dude, he was selling cigarettes. That's that's what he. That's the crime he was committing that escalated to death. It's like th- see, it's not about the crime; it's uh, about the domination. It's about you're not going to do that because I have a personal connection to this law. You know, even a great it's got example of that me. is when that kid. There was actually a video of the kid where the cop he had. I think he'd flashed him or something like that. They had yep. high beams on, mm-hmm. and the cop took it personal. Exactly. And he goes, a lot of people have been doing doing that, thought my high beams were on. They were not. And he fucking murdered that kid. He murdered that kid because he didn't want to get out of the car. Because the kid was freaking out. The kid ends up getting out of the car, laying on the ground, but he wouldn't let go of the cell phone. And so he fucking shot him. That, see, that guy is a piece of shit human being, waste of fucking flesh. Yes. That guy needs to be on death row. And, and I'm against the death penalty. But cops who commit murders need to go right to fucking death row. Here's my thing, man. You unions protect everybody, right? That's what their job is. But you know, this is my theory on feminism. The biggest problem I have with feminism, and I, I believe in feminism, even though it was started by the CIA, that's a whole different show, is that they never admit when women are crazy. They won't admit it. I'm like, you got to admit when somebody is wrong. You can't have this golden rule all the time that women are always right and always the victim and men are always oppressive and always the wrong. It's just, there are crazy chicks out there. Oh, they're all crazy, but you got to do what you got to do to get laid, so. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, dude. (laughs) But the point is, it's like, teachers, man, like teachers. Like, everybody wants to be like, teachers, the fucking blah, blah, blah. First of all, you're not paying anything, but you got to be able to get rid of bad teachers. And teaching isn't the problem today. It's the two parents don't have enough time to raise their kids. That's being done systematically. Yes, I'm right there with you on that one. That is being done purposefully so these kids are crazy people, so they're more likely to go to jail, okay? But you got to be able to admit when somebody is wrong, when they've done something wrong. 
You have to be able to admit it. And, like, I don't see that sometimes with these cop unions, man. Um, the, the role of the police union is to cover the back of the cop no matter what he does because they have that, like, law enforcement image that they have to maintain. But when you have guys outright murdering people, like here, this, this Amber Geiger one where she went in the wrong apartment and murdered the guy. Yeah. Like, she lied her fucking ass off. All the facts even, haven't even come out. But once the, things, once the information started to come out, it turns out that she had a key that could get her into any apartment. So she goes to enter her apartment with her key. It didn't open. So what'd she do? She probably used the, the, the master key to get in there. She walks in as a black guy. She shoots him. And then it's like, oh, my God, I'm not in the right place. But I'll tell you what. I've worked more than my fair share of 12 to 16-hour days. Never did I go to the fucking neighbor's house thinking it was mine. Yeah, yeah. I thought about this. Like, you know your furniture instantly. Like, you're fucking mad. Just yeah, the way shit is. Yeah. yeah, like, that is the biggest crack of bullshit. She's lying through her fucking teeth, and she needs to go to jail for the rest of her she fucking life. She does need to go to jail. But she's not going to because she's a cute little white girl from whatever fucking hillbilly shit, city she's in. That's another thing is, dude, there's some little small little girl cops where it's like yeah but if you fucking you, fuck no, with them then, then the fucking steroid no, guys will come no see but what I mean is when you have them and they get scared instantly their first instinct is to pull out a gun 100% if it's a guy on roids he's like I can fuck this guy up let's do it but yeah. if it's a female and she's scared that's she's instantly gonna pull out a gun political correctness goes too far that's when reality and political correctness don't match it's like <clears throat> this notion with trans ma- trans women should be allowed to compete Against biological women. And hey, dude, I'm all good. Hey, dude, you want to have an argument? Men are better female athletes than females. Well, you want to know how okay? that's true? There was that bodybuilder that identifies himself as a, fe- as yeah, a female he's now. Yeah, now he's reckoning. Imagine having a daughter and she's been working her whole life to be a bodybuilder. And this guy comes and beats a world record. That's fucked up. That is when political correctness, which has been shoved down our throat, has gone too far. And I'm just waiting for women to call us in to solve everything. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) Whenever you want us to fix this, let us know. We'll show up and we'll fucking right the wrongs, get rid of the boogeyman. But if you keep busting our balls all the time, we're not going to fucking do shit and you'll never win a gold medal again because my buddy Larry in a wig and high heels is... Is gonna fucking wreck shop. Yep. I mean, dude, look at where we're at, dude. You remember Joanna Man? <laughs> you can't this make that really, movie. You can't make that movie that anymore. Movie is literally going on right now. You know what's fucked up, man? Now I feel guilty when I watch porn from the seventies when they're all slapping chicks around and shit. It's like, goddamn, they're dude. ruining everything, dude. <laughs> look at fucking like BDSM, dude. That is huge. But they they're they like into that, right? Yeah, but it's like it's it's like a really weird thing that nobody ever talks about. How everybody is into that stuff. Like there's so many women I know love BDSM. And what brought it up? What was that one book? No, I'll tell you. Well, 50 oh, that Shades fucking yeah, book. Yeah, that no, fucking book. I think it goes what a shitty movie that was. My girl made me watch it Dude, back in the day. Dana's mom went up after that. There's yeah, rules to BDSM. <laughs> There's rules to BDSM, which is like some weird shit. But dude, I like just getting a hug and my dick sucked, and I'm good. Like fuck all this whipping shit. <laughs> That's too much work, man. God made it fucking easy. You just hit it. It's too much. So I think that the key to this, and we're wrapping up, is accountability. Accountability, hundred percent, and there is none. There's none because we have the system in place. And lawyers. Lawyers have made it. I mean, dude, that's the whole reason why Stephen Avery isn't going to get <laughs> but out. But then you have the media that. also. The media sides with cops 100% of the time, even when they're wrong. They'll be like, oh, it looks like he shouldn't have done that. But then they'll just you know keep fluffing them on every other thing. Well, because they all work for the same people. The lizard people. They all work for the, the lizard people. The lizard fucking people, man. Corey, it was a pleasure to have you on. Uh, it was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed this a lot. 
these last these two episodes this week have been a lot of screaming. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed them. Corey, you're great. I appreciate all the hard work you put into the show. And uh, we'll see you guys next week, all right? Foil, foil, pass it, pass it. Foil, pass it, pass it.